The podcast. Your baby. Hey everyone, welcome back to the What the F podcast. I'm Peyton. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go <laughs> I was first. To say I'm Ayana, and this is a special, a special episode because it's not just us anymore. And you probably think, oh my god, thank fucking god, because <laughs> this week, instead of a normal podcast team episode, we're inviting writers from um, our. And one artist. Edition, and an artist <laughs> from this uh, semester's edition of the magazine. In case you guys forgot, because we literally never plug it, we are actually <laughs> part of an org. True. We are not just a podcast alone. We're actually part of an org, and the main part of our org is a magazine. So we have like writers and artists from UMich campus um, who collaborate and put together a cool mag. And the theme of this semester's magazine is kind of like mythology, folklore, stories, stories we tell. tell. Yeah, things like that. <laughs> so in um, in presentation or not pre- in preparation <laughs> for launch, which is going to be, Ayana, can you read me the details, please? Uh, can you tell us yeah. about launch, please? So, yeah. So uh, this year or <laughs> this semester, <laughs> our magazine is having its official launch party in North Quad on April 15th from 7 to 9 p.m. So if you're listening to this before that date and you want to show up, get a magazine, hopefully some stickers, question mark. Yeah, and you can meet um, us and we can and, like, oh, do yeah, an autograph. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. I did meet our first IRL fan. So if you yeah, want to be the second. If you're a Nikki fan, if, like, yeah. pull up. <laughs> if you want to be the second IRL fan, please show up. And also, I'm and sure that, Meg. I'm sure that um, magazines are going to be distributed throughout campus during that week or that entire like April week. 14th yeah so like yeah. if you check all the, like the little like cart carts of like newspapers where you always see like the daily or the three weekly or whatever if you're really quick you might see one of those check the res yeah. halls check the tables and even if you can't find a magazine and you're like oh no if you go to our website which we're going to link in the podcast description there will eventually be an online uploaded pdf version of the mag and you can find all our old magazines too and read them and um also you should follow us on instagram at what the f magazine so that you can um see some new features about um our artists and writers coming up soon and so that you can see all the other cool stuff that our org is doing yeah um we're really excited um I guess like in the one year that we've done this podcast, you know, it's always been kind of like separate from the magazine because obviously like we don't write in the magazine. No, I mean, I did one time. You did one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unless you're like a guest writer. But like we're not on the writing team and we don't actually like put together the magazine. But we're really excited to kind of bring it all together this time around. And hopefully we can continue doing this. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, until Peyton graduates. Until I graduate <laughs> and, and I, I move on from the, this mortal realm. Yeah. Until I go to the, the big maze field in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, Should yeah. We get started. Yeah. With- so, we're just going to be interviewing some people. And our first person we're interviewing is Ruhi. Ruhi, can you, like, introduce us to yourself and, like, your your year, what when you joined... Jesus, I'm stuttering. When you joined What the <laughs> F and... Yeah, just like give us a little intro since no one on the pod has ever heard you before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hello, my name is Ruhi. I am a freshman and I joined What the F last semester. Thank you. (laughs) And we were also like, I guess we just have like general questions that we're asking everyone. So you're on the writing team, right? Okay, cool. And I think the general, what does this theme mean to you? That is a hard question. So if it doesn't mean anything, you don't have to say, (laughs) but... Um, I think the theme for me, um, it meant a lot about the stories that we grew up reading mm-hmm. and how that influences kind of like our morals and how we go about with our lives now. So I think mythology for me was more about like the kit, the stories I learned when I was a child mm-hmm. and how that's impacted my life. And that definitely shows in your piece. And <laughs> um, then the other question that I'm just asking everyone is, aside from your piece, are there any other ones that you're excited about and that we should like keep an eye out for? Ooh, there's a lot of cool ideas. I really like Michelle Wu, who was my editor last semester. Her piece on trolls and like... A movie? No, not the movie. <laughs> um, I think it's... <laughs> you're singing Kill My Grandma. <laughs> um, no, I think it's more so like korean culture gotcha oh okay we're gonna redact that entire section (laughs) (laughs) well 
<laughs> I was like, um, I missed that when I was looking through the mag. Like, I did not see a piece about trolls <laughs> like the movie. No, no, oh I think goodness. it was more like the Western beauty standard compared okay. to like what right. she's grown up reading. That makes okay, a lot more cool. sense. Cool. Yes. I'm excited to read that. Yes. Yeah, me too. Awesome. Um, can I just say first of all, yeah. Now we're gonna kind of like get into your piece specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really loved it. I mean, like obviously indian too mm-hmm. and also grew up in like like monroe michigan <laughs> like the whitest place ever uh-huh. so i like totally relate to that aspect and one thing i really liked about your piece and this is kind of more of a personal thing but one thing i really liked about your piece was that again i felt like i could really relate to it and mm-hmm. when i read your piece it really felt like i was kind of back in my own childhood in a way because i relate exactly to what you were saying as like other people have, like read like harry potter going to bed and i read like the Mabartha, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's like, I resonate with that very heavily Mm -hmm. and like, you know, wanting to like partake in like, or I guess share the excitement of it and like actually like appreciate it for what it was. But I kind of like got caught in, you know, wanting to detach myself from it so bad because Mm -hmm. everyone around me didn't know what the fuck I was talking about or Mm -hmm. what I was, you know? Yeah. Um, I loved also how like your mythology, like I, I really liked how this, um, I feel like a lot of times, like it just generally period, if I think of mythology, I'm like, okay, that's something that is in the, or that is in the past. It's a told story. Whereas like what's true is in the present, but I love how you reverse that and you're actualizing, like, I don't want to, not myths, but you're actualizing Hindu culture and religion and saying, actually the myth, the bullshit, not bullshit, but you know, like people say myth, the thing that isn't real is like this white supremacy culture, like these standards that I feel like need to, um, conform to so I really loved how you flipped the way you were dealing with mythology and it wasn't something I noticed until the end and I was like wow mm-hmm. and your imagery in here is also I'm um, oh no not the writing you're jumping out <laughs> the imagery in here is really beautiful I love that you like really zoomed in on specific moments from your childhood like being read those stories and things like that that was it really like made the story feel more personal and like I was kind of it there with the narrator's perspective so yeah um, thank you so much. That like warms my heart a lot. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah, we really loved it. Um, I was like, I know you have a couple other questions. I did have random um, questions. I have more of like a concluding thought, but mm-hmm. I can just say it now, I guess. I don't know. I just felt like, I don't know. This was like a really minor thing, I guess. But I feel like there's a lot of discourse right now about like um, South Asian representation and writing about South Asian experiences um, and portraying that in in art, journalism, media, you know, et cetera. Um, I feel like when we when we talk about those kinds of things or even when we read other South Asian work, I feel like our default is to bring up like Mindy Kaling because she's like the only person representing South South Asians right now. Mm-hmm. And there's like this whole discourse on that. That's an entire episode on its own. But I really do feel like the most, the more like authentic and enriching parts about like representation for me are like through like features like this where I like open up like a magazine Mm -hmm. like our magazine and Mm -hmm. I see like oh like someone like you wrote about like the Mabartha and like karma and and all that stuff Mm -hmm. I just feel like I I feel like really validated and more represented by those things I feel like we get really caught up in like mass representation and like what that means um like on the scale of like our country or like in the world but I feel like we very often like neglect the smaller pockets of representation that I feel like are more authentic like you know seeing like South Asian small businesses or like even reading like a South Asian author that you didn't really know about before or Mm -hmm. like even reading this magazine and reading your piece it's Mm -hmm. like I feel like I I feel like a lot I feel like that's a better way to represent rather than just looking at like the big picture you know I don't Mm -hmm. know that was like a random thought I had no I I would completely agree because I've been getting Mindy Cowling like controversial TikToks all over (laughs) my free page right now um and I like her but I would agree with that and I think going back to what you said about like reversing mythology I think a big part for me as a writer and also a reader is finding meaning within the writing that I'm reading um and finding like the purpose or like life stories um and life lessons I can gain from that so always like whenever I read a book I always try to connect it with my own life so I think it's more when it comes to representation I think the most important thing is just finding like your own voice within that um piece of writing and it's not so more like looking at the big picture like you were saying like Mindy Callings 
doing great with whatever she's doing but yeah she is only one person so I think just like um finding your own like connection to a piece of writing or any piece of art and then just using that for representation rather than kind of criticizing the overall story because everyone within South Asian culture is so different so we all have our own different experiences yeah period um a question like or not question but like i was wondering if you wanted to talk about Mm -hmm. it is like um i just i mean and this goes with the theme of this issue as well but like storytelling seemed to me to be really important to this piece from your parents to ourselves or self-conception and i was wondering as a writer and writing this piece how do you see storytelling and you kind of just touched on that as an like able to enact positive self-change and cultural affirmation or just things like that (laughs) um I would, yeah, I would say that with storytelling, I think the most important thing for me is just like forming that connection with the audience and kind of using my personal experience and just trying to be very raw and like genuine. Like, I don't want to hold anything back. Um, So even though like, I think the hardest part for me is like trying to portray stories because right, like readers weren't there when it happened. So that's kind of the hardest part. But I think that um, when it comes to storytelling, just um being able to share your side of the story and everyone's interpretation of it is going to be different but as long as they can relate to it or find some life lesson or are just validated by it like that's the goal period (laughs) do you have anything you want to add like in terms of like context to your piece or like your thoughts on the theme or like anything at all yes um i can add some stuff so i think the big thing about this piece that i was very worried about is because I think there's a lot of conflicting, not conflicting, but there's a lot of different themes. And the hardest part was trying to put that all together. So my editor, Claire, was like, we need to be a little bit more uh, clear with what themes you want to portray and kind of connecting that. So I think I wanted to explain for anyone who does read this piece is that I wanted to start off with like mythology. And for me, that meant karma, because I feel like karma is something that's been culturally appropriated. Um, by Western culture and I don't think many people understand exactly what karma is and I think that if you do understand what karma is it can change like kind of like at least for me it helped me like change my outlook on life um so I would say like the one Taylor Swift song like karma like I love Taylor <laughs> I love Swift I'm that, a yeah. big fan of her but I was laughing I was like <laughs> I loved it. okay that yeah but that song is not what karma is um right so I think for me, karma and going back to like the Mabartha, karma is more about balance. Um, and I feel like a lot of times in Western culture, they there's like this idea of like this everlasting happiness. And um, for me, that like wasn't working. Like I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of like a lot of times in my life, I was always searching for like being happy like I would wait till the weekend like I was always constantly waiting for something waiting to be happy waiting to meet the love of my life like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. just always waiting to be happy and I feel like that's like something that western culture kind of like pushes in their fairy tales and that didn't really resonate with me Mm -hmm. um I'm just laughing because I'm like oh my god (laughs) yeah no 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 go go for it oh no I'm just laughing because I'm like that's true Uh like that is very true and i'm like sitting here like yeah man i've been waiting like if i just do like this 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 and this and i have xyz like wow the capital is then i'll be happy like once i look like this have this relationship Mm -hmm. and have that job then i can be happy and not till then it's like bro you're gonna waste your whole life Mm -hmm. so i i really relate to that part yeah 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 so i think that was like the main thing i wanted to push but then also since karma is about balance i think I was having a disconnect with like my like growing up I was like kind of trying to whiten myself um and then coming here I've kind of been able to like kind of be more in tune with my culture but I think that a large part of the reason why I was unhappy was because I didn't have that balance between Mm. like my American self and my Indian self so I think that was like another theme that I touched on in the reading. And then also I, there's so many different things. Oh, but that's then, so cool though. Like karma as your cult, like not karma as, because obviously you just explained what karma is, yes. but like relating it to your cultural balance. Mm. That's sick. That's I, very cool. I, I would not have seen that that way. Like I yeah, didn't pick yeah, up on that. I that's would not amazing. see it that way either. But I, again, and I've said this so much, but I very much relate. I mean, I feel like, I feel like as, um, I, oh, shoot what's the term it's like um american born confused daisy yeah, yeah yeah abcd yeah yeah yeah. i feel like 
I feel like we kind of fall into that that bucket of like um we're kind of on this everlasting journey of searching for that balance because mm-hmm. you can't get both sides authentically no like there's like no way that it's ever gonna be i feel like i guess in my experiences in life so far i feel mm-hmm. like i've never been able to say like yeah i have a 50 50 balance like no it it kind of depending on the the friend group i'm in or like the the way i'm feeling like sometimes i feel like i'm flip-flopping yes like we're always going to be searching exactly. for that balance mm-hmm. yeah so i think that was a large theme of the story and then another theme was my like constant overthinking i feel like for me the reason why like karma was so important to me is because i'm a huge overthinker and i overthink everything so like the beginning like the intro is kind of like kind of what goes on in my head like how i feel when i'm overthinking like i just feel so overwhelmed so i think for me it was like about the journey of slowing down my overthinking and by instead of having that disconnect between my culture um and having that searching for like that happiness i think a large part of that for me was finding karma and using that to kind of deal with my tendency to overthink and kind of like a lot of the struggles in my life so yeah so there's a lot of things going <laughs> on a lot of things going on honestly your piece i mean well, i feel like <clears throat> i feel like this could be true for like all the pieces but mm-hmm. like this whole thing could be like a full ass episode like <laughs> you and i need to like come back on the mic like we need to, bring like, suhani in there too because i know she's been dying well. it yeah yeah no i'm so down yeah but this is like i don't know i feel like it's a really layered yes layered thing but um i guess like overall i feel like you i feel like you summarized it really well and i love thank the, you i again i would have never thought to like equ- like not equate necessarily but like relate karma to to this even uh-huh. though like they are very related and yes yeah i i just i really love this piece and i think you you brought all those themes together really well thank you yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. again it's like open for interpretation so that's just yeah, my right. interpretation mm-hmm. of it right. but well, everyone that else. is like a good interpretation <laughs> yeah. Yours yeah. In Europe, but yeah yeah gotcha yeah slay well, thank you for talking with us yeah, yeah. of course thanks for having me thank and you. show up to lunch and show up to and lunch. you can see us all yeah <laughs> yeah all right thank you thank you thank you yeah if you want us to like plug your socials or something, we can do it in the episode oh, yeah. description. You like, yeah. Do you yeah. want us to plug anything yes. for you? Because we can do yes. it. Plug okay. my Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Well, we'll tell the people. Yeah. Okay. Tell the people. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta tell them. Like. Okay. The people. <laughs> um, my Instagram is my first name Ruhi R U H I dot zero four one. Period. <laughs> I'm following you right now. Yeah. So <laughs> please follow do. Ruhi. Go to launch. Read the piece. And thank you so much. Yeah, for this second segment, we're here talking to Abby, um, who did some art for a piece on the Meg. And Abby's not in What the F, but... She's a guest artist. She's a guest artist. Can you, like, introduce us to yourself, since no one on the pod has heard you before? Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, so I am doing uh, a guest art feature for um, the new issue of What the F. Um, I'm a sophomore studying women's and gender studies, social theory and practice, um, and then I illustrate wow. for I, I illustrate for the daily and uh, I have for a couple semesters. So um, Ayana reached out to me and asked if I wanted to illustrate for the magazine too. Slay. Yes. Awesome. So um, we, I liked this art piece. I also read the, I read the writing piece as well because I was like, I need to have a full picture. But Ayana, do you want to, you have most of the questions on here. All right. So I'm just going to get started here. So I guess like for the listeners who don't know what the art looks like yet, because this should be coming out before the magazine launch. Yeah, this is going to come out like right. within the week of launch. Okay. So. so for people that don't know what the art looks like, can you give like a little overview can of paint the us a picture? Art? Yeah, literally paint us a picture yes. of like the art that you made for this piece. Yeah. Okay. So um, it's it's kind of like done in tealy blues and oranges and blacks, um, kind of like a guard's post in a prison yard uh, with kind of like lights coming out of it the kind of beams of light have um like barbed wire in it and then there's you know some incarcerated people walking around on the ground beneath it i wish i had pulled up the art right now that i could be like looking <laughs> at it to reference it wait but I think um, I, can, I think i can pull it up for you right okay, now okay and for another like additional context this piece is by lucy from the podcast so you guys should all read it if you're real fans <laughs> and um it is about prison abolition as related to PacSun, which is sounds like a connection that might not be super obviously there, but if you want to learn more about it, you should read the piece. Yeah, <laughs> it was a really cool piece, though. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, 
I was kind of wondering what what was like because we are not like art people. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. If no one could tell, we are not on the art team and we have no artistic yeah, relations whatsoever. We did not do so, that cover art at all. Yeah, we didn't. Did, no, wasn't it like Snowy, like Iverson? I don't know. Someone from did the it. art team. Shout out to her. Yeah, the art is she, really sick, the art is amazing. She the, did it. The point is that Sarah we Peter, have yeah. no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> so we were just curious because we want to like know that the inner behind the scenes process of how you like did this art so what was like the the guidance that you were given for this piece and like how did you how did it like come to be yeah so I got like there was like a couple prompts and I chose this one because I've taken a couple classes about um like prisons and policing and um I read kind of like a rough outline of the piece and came up with like a couple drafts and sent those to the art editor and then um, I kind of picked like this one because I thought it was more dynamic and like a little bit more interesting and then kind of like made the final draft um, with that. So it was like pretty pretty like open and um, like open to creative freedom which is like a little different than I'm used to so that was really fun. Yeah I was like yeah I know you were talking about like the kind of how it's like more open-ended I know like you're used to like having like specific yeah we've talked about this before but like I know you like you're used to having like more specific like guidelines of like what to do and stuff so like having something that was more open to interpretation like how did you decide like with the description that you were given and like the I guess the context of the theme and everything like how did you decide like which direction you wanted to go with the with the art yeah I guess I just tried to think about like you know, I looked at a lot of art about incarceration and, and like how it's depicted and like, you know, the piece kind of dispels some common misconceptions about prison. And so I figured like it would be, you know, interesting to kind of reflect that in the art. And so I wanted to like, um, you know, not go down these um, paths that like lots of artists kind of use when they're depicting prison. You see a lot of like hands and chains and stuff like that. Um, and so I was thinking about that and... Um, you know, like kind of trying to be intentional about color choice and composition mm-hmm. and, um, you know, like being being respectful and intentional about like how we depict something that's pretty sensitive. Um, so, yeah, it was like it was interesting to try and try and think about kind of like the implications that, you know, a piece of art could have, too, uh, which I tried to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really interested. My favorite, like, or not the aspect of this piece that like most jumped out to me was the barbed wire that is like being radio broadcast out from the watchtower. Was that just like an artistic choice or does it have like a symbolic meaning? I just really thought it was cool. (laughs) Yeah, I guess like it's an artistic choice. I also was thinking about like surveillance and like the creation of like carceral space Mm -hmm. outside of just like a prison that like kind of the structure of of, uh, like state building and, and that kind of stuff like doesn't just isn't just confined to the prison but like really extends to like communities and Mm -hmm. um like how we build things and you know where we allow people to live and all that kind of stuff and so I was thinking like you know the barbed wire is an element from a different part of the piece but then it also is is kind of like going outside of Mm -hmm. the piece I really love like the parallel lines of like the fence the outward lines on the ground the outward I was like ooh, this is great I didn't (laughs) I didn't know what it was called or what it was doing but I was like I love this (laughs) yeah thank you yeah um I, yeah, well, like I said, I'm also not like an art, an art <laughs> critic per se, but like, I don't know. One thing, if I was like, like when I was looking at the piece, I noticed like, um, oh, damn it. I like lost the, also I Anna, maybe up, like five minutes tops, maybe more just cause like, if we want to get her done before Lindsay comes in. Oh, that's sure. all. No, 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 no we're good. fine. I just wanted to like, I didn't know if you were aware of that. And so no, I was, I was like, aware. I was okay. Cool. No, I was aware. Oh, great. Now good. we just wasted time. No, so I was like looking at the piece and I like, I, I read the piece first and then I like took a look at the art and I noticed that like, I don't know if you like intended for this, but I noticed specifically that like the, like the actual prisoners, like in the piece, like I noticed like some of them, like the, their like bodies and like their faces, like aren't fully like developed or like structured mm-hmm. in a way and like they're all like faceless and have very like slouched expressions and I feel like that makes a lot of sense to me when I read the piece but is that kind yeah. of like what you're going for to like tie in the theme of like like oh like you know like kind of everyone is kind of like thrown into prison and it's not like productive you know like that's a lot of what the piece talks about and I was wondering if that's kind of the direction you were going with yeah I guess so it's like it's like stripping a person away of like their identity right um and like not allowing them to be participants in society and and like feel like you know have the ability to like um 
yeah, like do other things. And so kind of like stripping someone down to a, a moment in time. Um, and so like, I think that is like a way that I was trying to show that in that piece. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like that really came through. I felt like, like when I like read the, I feel like, or at least for me, when I like read the magazines each year, like the art, I always kind of like look after I read the piece because I don't really understand what the art is telling me until I like actually know <laughs> oh, the context. Oh, I look at it first. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. like, yeah, maybe like people do it differently. But like for me, it I- draws my eye. It like, it like doesn't really hit me as hard until I like actually read the piece and understand what's going on. And I felt like, um, and again, I don't know how much like exposure you did or didn't have to the piece beforehand, but I felt like after I read it and then looked at the, looked at your art, I felt like it, it was pretty cohesive with like yeah. the theme of the piece and everything. And I felt like it really blended well. Thank so. you. Well, yeah, I was also trying to, like, focus more on, like, structural elements that, like, mm -hmm. it's not really, like, a personal thing. And it, prison isn't about, like, a personal choice that, like, right. you make. It's about kind of, like, these structural elements. Right. Um, and so I wanted to, like, focus more on, like, the infrastructure and, like, all of that kind of stuff um, being, like, suppressive or, you know, like, a, it, infinitely bigger than any person or, like, group of people. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I guess, like, our only, like, question remaining is like one that we've been asking everyone, but if you're not able to answer it, cause I know you're not on staff. So do you know like this Meg's theme for the semester or no? I don't. Okay. Well, the theme is like mythology and personal storytelling. So I guess my general broad question would be how do you, and you've already answered this really well, but like as an artist, how do you feel you can tell stories through art? And like, what does that mean to you? Yeah. Um, I guess like, I mean, it's pretty cliche, but like, I think art has like a huge capacity for like storytelling and like telling emotions and you know kind of like handling some nuances and that I think is not impossible to depict through words but you know I think certainly does it in like a different way um so I think that's like something that I've used personally like you know art is an outlet but I think it's also a way to like uplift different voices and and, you know, show other stories. And so, like, this isn't about a story that I have, but I'm, you know, happy that it, like, you know, serves this piece in a way. And I am ex really excited about the piece. I think it's really great. Um, and so, you know, it can be a personal outlet, but also kind of serve something greater. And I feel like, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Just, like, maybe contributed to that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to, like, plug your social or anything? I, like, you don't, don't have, have an art account or all anything. All right. That's all good. <laughs> my social is the Michigan Daily. <laughs> Some of my art is on there. Yeah. Not all of it. Why don't you plug your personal Instagram? <laughs> you don't have to do that either. But. Well, if you guys want to see more of Abby's art, you should check out the Michigan Daily. And you should also, more importantly, you should go to launch or find our magazine. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you. So yeah. now we are here with Anna. Hello. And Anna, <laughs> if you just want to, since no one on the pod has ever heard you before, if you want to like introduce yourself and like when you joined What the F and your team, things yeah. like that. Um, well, I'm on the writing team. I actually just joined this year. I'm a junior. I'm studying English and creative writing and literature. Um, I use she, her pronouns. So yeah. Slay. This piece like was like, in, like I love the write, the writing oh, style. Right, it's just, so it's so sick. Like, I feel like, and this is Girl, no you shit. you cut right in front of my question. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have I, let you. I'm I shouldn't sorry. have let you. This derailed the topic. No, I okay. know. I'm so sorry. I just feel like I need to say this because, like, all the other pieces are, like, you know, like, personal and, like, kind of, like, from, like, a first-person perspective, but, like, with their own lives and, like, yeah. you kind of, like, I don't want to say, like, normal English, but, like, conventional yeah. English. Is that the right way to say Like it? a personal essay. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Which is, like, like, I mean, that's no shit. Like, it's, you know, yeah, it's it doesn't make it better or worse, pieces. but I just feel like, I don't really see like your style of writing like depicted in our magazine very often or maybe I don't read well enough <laughs> I don't, I don't know a, but I don't think we've had a piece minute. quite like this yeah. like or at least I haven't read one like this in a while so I just thought it was really cool and I wanted to mention that Thank so you. back to my general question so, sorry. <laughs> it's fine. so um I guess we were just wondering you know your theme was kind of like mythology and storytelling so yes. I was wondering did that lead you I mean obviously your story is about a Greek myth a retelling and so I was wondering did that kind of lead you directly into that story or like what does this scene mean to you and how did it bring this story about so I was very much a Percy Jackson kid as a child I have <laughs> to admit that and I was also a very Athena child when my parents uh like they went to Italy when I was a kid and they brought back me back a little statue of Athena that's still in my room mm. and then I came to college and I took a class uh, English 317 with Professor Jason Fitzgerald who's super cool 
and we read a play called Electra Speaks, Electra being like a Greek mythological character from the Arestia, which is a Not series me being of like the Electra complex. No. <laughs> yeah, it is a little Freud, but um, in, the, in Electra Speaks, it's like actually, it's a feminist play, I think from the 70s, it might be the 80s, but um, basically there's this scene where uh, Athena is portrayed as like the classic daddy's girl who like will justify anything that her father does and like generally lets men off with doing bad things and punishes women, which is really accurate, actually. Like, um, Orestes, who the Orestia is named after, after literally killed his own mother. And Athena was like, let's give him a trial. And she was the <laughs> final vote. And she said he was innocent, uh, even though he totally did kill her. Um, so that's less than great. She's le- she's become less of a role model for me over the years. And I also just, uh, Arachne's, like, story is, a, I think, probably the one of the more well-known myths associated with her, so I figured it was more accessible. And also, I am terrified of spiders, so it's just, <laughs> it came to mind very quickly. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that on the art. And when I, like, before mm-hmm. I read the piece, I was like... I didn't look at the art! I was like, girl, what? I was, <laughs> I was like, so confused for a second. I was like, ugh. Because I also, I'm like, not a, no. I'm not a spider girl. No. <laughs> you're, we're not, so you're not Spider-Man, so I'm not going to, like, no. <laughs> look up and be like, yeah. holy shit, Aeon! Like, before <laughs> I even, like, read the piece, I, like, saw the art and I was like, ooh. <laughs> not in like the art was no, bad no, by no. the way it's just in like, like that yeah. yeah 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 i wish i like spiders either like i find pictures of them cute but then when they're in real life in front of me i'm like kill it um, <laughs> so i guess also i was wondering i googled the original myth yes. of arachne and i was yes. wondering i couldn't tell because i was reading a summary but i was wondering uh-huh. what changes or adjustments you made and like why you decided to do those or details you added. I was hoping you'd ask that. Uh, <laughs> so the, re- the version that I referenced the most was Ovid's Metamorphoses. Um, oh, I read that, but I didn't read that part. Yeah, it's it's the Roman version, but it's pretty complete. And I thought that there was a lot to delve into because it has in particular a really strong description of what the tapestries look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like the style that it's written in is very like, and she did this and la da da da. And it just very, it's procedural. It doesn't really give you... Like That's all access for you. to their yeah. yeah to their headspace, but through the tapestries, you're able to see what their the characters are expressing. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was able to connect with them more. So I specifically was using that version, and my original uh, first draft was nine pages. And uh, poor Michelle, who was an excellent editor, uh, had to <laughs> scroll through all of that, and she left very thoughtful comments. So I'm very appreciative of that. But eventually, we were able to trim things down. But I had gone like basically line by line and was like how can I include this how can I include that and Mm -hmm. I did make some changes um the first scene in my piece is basically Arachne delivering um like a tapestry to a client um who loves it everyone loves it and then that's how we get her expressing her pridefulness um and in the Ovid piece it's basically people would watch her weave Mm -hmm. um and like come to see her and I didn't adapt that because I knew that I wanted um her gynecon, which is like the women's room in a Greek household, to be a very lonely place because it's mentioned that her mother is dead and oh, she doesn't shit. have a huge family. And I, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. depressing. And then her her gyne- it lo- it's full of cobwebs. It's like yes. a little spider's nest. Yes, that's what I was trying to get at too. And um, I also wanted her to be alone for the confrontation with Athena. And it was most like, I mean, that happens when they're weaving. So it seemed like that was a stronger setting. So I wanted to have it not be people staring at her while she actively worked, but rather appreciating it after the fact, because I wanted to reserve the gynecon for later. Because <laughs> um, we're also to get a juxtaposition of like the two places, because we're at this rich lady's house and there's people everywhere and everyone's drinking their wine and you have to weave through them and try not to bump them versus going alone where even her, her father, who's like the only family member that we see can't come in there because it's a woman's only space and weaving by herself and, I think I kept in the scene where she's like taking like uh, notes of like her accounts and like being kind of like a businesswoman. And she's very much like a loner character in my version. So I didn't want her to have like a fandom. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Gotcha. I was also wondering, hold on, I've got to go back because I was on the general question. But um, I was wondering like, the for how do you feel about because I know one of the myths in this story that I was able to grasp and then when I googled the original version is like yes. don't compete with the gods don't be yes. prideful so I was wondering how you feel about that yes. and like yeah how that influenced your story as well no. like just like morals and takeaways it's so interesting because like historically like that's the most obvious takeaway but there's actually a lot of theories that it's about censorship rather mm-hmm. than pride there's a lot of like theories that this myth was written about censorship rather than about pride um overtly that's what Arachne's sin is, but the myth itself says that she was kind of in the right to think that her skill was so great 
because she beats Athena in the contest. Mm-hmm. So maybe she is better than a goddess. It's, you know, not great to brag about it, but she's not really wrong. Um, her real like problem is that the tapestry that she wove that was so much better than Athena's depicts the gods in an unflattering light. Um, it's basically just the male gods doing a lot of sexual assault like things mm-hmm. in the form of animals or other disguises. So it's both calling out their like sins and saying, you know, if you're a God, why are you hiding it? I mean, and Ath- Athena herself appears as like this haggard old woman and not a goddess. What are, what, why all the disguises? Why do you feel like you have something to hide, you know? And, um, mm. but Athena slashing her um, work and trying to put down ideas that are kind of anti-religion or state basically because the gods are basically you know a government slash religion figure that's really interesting (laughs) I did not think about that (laughs) oh geez I guess and something else I was wondering is and then this goes back to you talking about how Athena's become less of a role model because Athena felt like a child in the end or not a child but she felt like a teenager like I was like she feels so human and so I thought that was also really cool yes I very much wanted to I, I was very inspired by the Electra Speaks thing where she's like defending like her dad and her people and she wants to fit in with the gods and she's not even really the one being critiqued by this piece like there's no image of her like transforming someone into an insect or because she does that to other people too she does it to Miramex um she's got a history but it's specifically attacking the male gods for their assaults on women and that's mm-hmm. like in the Ovid piece. That's like not even right. No, that I, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, they were all do always doing some creepy shit. No, especially <laughs> Zeus and Poseidon. Z- Z- they were Zeus? doing some creepy shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some Greek tea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know someone else wrote a piece about Medusa, but Medusa is another good example of like, that's not cool, Poseidon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Another thing that we've been asking to like all the writers and also our artists, mm-hmm. um, like overall like what does like this theme of like mythology and like stories we tell like what does that what does that mean for you like obviously you wrote Mm -hmm. this piece but what does it mean to you and aside from your piece are there any ones that go with this theme that you're excited about and think that people should look for when they read the mag yeah um it's a good question I don't know why but it popped into my head that like during fourth grade March's reading month we had to write <laughs> no book. no that gave me war flashbacks not March's reading oh Michigan babies that. no oh, Michigan yeah. kids no oh, yes. yeah yes my school every year we had to do um like every every grade had like a theme and we all wrote a little book and mm. I actually wrote like the theme was mythology and I did an Athena myth back then and the way that they explain mythology to them to us then is how we explain phenomenon in our phenomena in our world, which you know makes a lot of sense. I mean, this is why do spiders exist and why does that weird goo shoot out of their butts? Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's basically what it boils down to. So I think it's an interesting way of like, it's you start with the problem of what the heck is our world? We don't have science yet, and then you get these complex character interactions, like kind of woven in to use a pun (laughs) yeah Um, but yeah I think it's interesting that like humans will make stories and meaning out of like even kind of simple things and it reminds me too of my grandpa he always used to like if you would ask him a question he didn't know the answer he would make something up like oh my god totally and you would have to like ask ask my grandma be like is he BSing me right now and I just always like yes he's like kind of perpetuating lies but it was always like a funny thing and like I, I like that people are allowed to be creative with how they interpret the world, you know? I've been yeah. trying so hard not to spy because I love it when I get the magazine mm, uh-huh. and I get to read them with the art. Right. I do, like, I've got, I've heard the pitches and I have not heard a single one that I was like, that doesn't fit. Like, it seems like everybody had mm-hmm. an interesting take, which was so cool because, like, last time we had the rose-colored glasses and I did love all those pieces, but I, even mine was, like, sort of similar to a couple other people's. Right. But I feel like this theme was such a great choice because it's so broad but also so like specific i feel like it's a lot more up to interpretation than some of the yeah. other themes mm-hmm. yeah for sure no i shout out to melissa the editor for yeah. suggesting yeah. that one we love melissa yes she's great so but, yeah if you want to plug your social or anything yeah. you're welcome to oh, anything well, yeah. that you want i don't know i don't even know my instagram handle that's really embarrassing <laughs> but read the magazine so awesome thank you so much for talking with us yeah, yeah. thank you for having me yeah Slay. we're here with one of the co-presidents of what the f Lindsay. Hi. Lindsay, do you want to introduce <laughs> yourself and like when you joined with the F? Yeah. Okay. My name's Lindsay. I joined with the F um, my fall of my freshman year, which was uh, fall 2019. Um, so this is coming up on the end of my fourth year with what the F. Um, we were also wondering, so you did a guest writer. Well, not guest, mm-hmm. but like within the org guest piece. And I was mm-hmm. just wondering what this theme means to you of like mythology and storytelling and how it led you to this piece. 
Yeah. Okay. In all honesty, I kind of knew I wanted to write about the theme of graduating, but basically I wrote it about the theme is mythology. And I wrote it about this like myth of a person that I created in my head that I thought I would become when I was like 21 and a college senior. Um, And I am not her. I'm very different from her, but I constantly feel like I have to live up to her. And so it's kind of like me struggling with that and what that has felt like and how it all sort of ties into my fear of graduating as well. Um, But I kind of knew that I wanted to write about something about graduating because I like have written for the mag once before, but it was the very first issue that I was ever on staff for. And then I didn't Mm -hmm. write anything else. Mm -hmm. And I felt like for the last issue that I was on staff for, I had to write something. (laughs) Right. It had to come full circle. Um, Okay. Period. And when we decided on the mythology theme, I was kind of like, okay, how can I like fit what I like the general topic that I want to write about within with within mythology and I like I kind of just pieced it together because I do constantly feel like I'm living up to a, a version of me that doesn't exist I felt that man yeah <laughs> felt that. have you seen black swan that's what it's giving no to me. But well it's like it's a very, natalie portman yes, Valerie it's a movie. very triggering film so no. i wouldn't suggest watching it if you feel like any of the trigger descriptions would trigger you <laughs> like it's just like it, it, yeah it's just a very triggering film for some people mm-hmm. but if you can watch it i would recommend watching it that okay. or perfect blue which is like this anime that inspired black swan allegedly also really scary, but similar theme okay. of the alternate self. Anyway, okay. yeah, that's what this reminded me of. <laughs> what, Anna? Okay, film critic Peyton. I want to say, I okay, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> okay, I feel like, okay, this is a really relatable piece for me, but I feel like in a bad way, mm. and I will elaborate because I feel like, I don't know, I found it very interesting. I was very like with you, like you were kind of talking about the internship and I was like, okay, yeah, like th- this sounds so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I love marketing Lindsay. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, and then I kind of get to the second half and I'm like, oh, you know, like, oh, like she did. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, the oh. old, like the marketing Lindsay can't come to the phone right now. Like, you know, um, she's dead. Yeah. Um, but it kind of caught me there. Cause I was like, wait a minute. Like I'm kind of like the you in the before picture. Mm. Like, I feel like if I had to describe my stage of life in one, one thing, it would probably be that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I relate to it because obviously like I'm like a sophomore and you're a senior so like you've experienced more than I have so I feel like I'm in a way I relate to like yourself like before which makes sense obviously chronologically but it's just like interesting because I guess I never I never realized that I kind of do the things that you like the habits that you talk about a lot in this piece are like again like kind of trying to make like some sort of as concrete as possible like version of yourself to like live up to kind of like this myth of a person to Mm -hmm. like live up to so that like all the shit that you do in college Mm -hmm. like is worth it so you can be like a you can call yourself like a fully functioning adult after you graduate college like and you can't really quantify that unless you have something to like put it on or someone to put it on and I feel like that's the biggest like myth or at least that's how I interpreted it and I feel like I relate to it in a bad way because I feel like I still do that with myself and I think part of it is just because, like, I, I'm only, like, halfway through this thing. Um, so I feel like I, I get caught up in that a lot. So I felt like it was very relatable to me. And it was really interesting to see, like, you coming onto the other side because I'm like, hmm, like, I kind of got to I gotta push that realization for myself kind of soon. It, I don't know. Like, yes and no, because I think this sounds so like trivial and stupid, but like trust your gut. Do not (laughs) undermine yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think like there is someone out there who would and will love to be marketing Lindsay. Right. She's just like, that's just not me. Mm -hmm. But also I couldn't have forced that realization any sooner Mm -hmm. than it happened. Like, if I'm going to be like, if I was trying to be as practical as possible and make the best use of my time in college, yeah, it probably should have come before I even did the marketing internship this past summer, but it came halfway through like my second to last semester of college and it wouldn't have worked if it had come any earlier because Mm. also like, I don't know if I, I don't think I, I I might've mentioned this in the piece and I don't, I've probably mentioned it to you guys before, but like I'm planning on going to grad school. Yeah. I'm looking at PhD programs for medieval lit so like Mm -hmm. not the most practical thing but I also don't think if I had realized sooner that I didn't want to be marketing Lindsay it it wouldn't have still 
worked. Like something mm-hmm. else would have taken its place. Yes. Like you would have been like, well, then I'll do this instead or that versus yeah. being like realizing actually, yeah. no, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Like it, it had to come at the time that, it, at least for me, like it had to come at the time period it did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I might finish, I, like, my, I might graduate and like in six months decide, oh, actually, no, like fuck that grad school thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's so self-aware. Like think about you're talking <laughs> yeah. about like, oh, that it couldn't have come at a better time. That is so mature sounding and self-aware oh yeah. we have so much to learn Aon. <laughs> yeah no again okay, no that's the thing is like i like read this piece and i'm like i am not mature like i like to think that i'm mature and i always like tell like i feel like when, when like my relatives or anyone that's like older asks me like oh what are you planning on doing like i give them like this super detailed like 10-year plan and i feel mm-hmm. so confident about it but the thing that i like don't admit to myself is that that 10-year plan changes like all the time mm-hmm. like kind of I'm constantly creating different versions of like, like marketing Lindsay, except it like is me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I keep creating different versions of that. I like, I am not mature. And this piece <laughs> helped me become more self-aware <laughs> of like how un- immature I am with that regard. You just gotta like live life, you know? And like, I think that was, this is exactly yeah. how I was two years ago. Yeah. You know, like. That's why it's like so crazy because I feel like, I don't know, it feels like I'm kind of reading about myself and then hearing about what will happen from like someone that's lived time it portal. in the future. Yeah, it is kind of like a weird time portal. Yeah. It was very like eerie in a good way. Mm. It's like, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know how yeah. to describe it. I, I don't know if that sounds it's, weird or not, but no. it's like, and I say that as a compliment. No, I, I appreciate it. It's always like yeah. an honor to, because I don't write a lot of like creative nonfiction like this, or if uh-huh. I do, it's not stuff that a lot of other people read. Uh-huh. So it's always like a compliment when someone tells me that they identify mm-hmm. in some capacity, even if you don't necessarily want to with mm-hmm. something that I wrote. You mentioned like, I think it was like around like November or October mm-hmm. just being like at this really low place mm-hmm. or at this really like empty feeling place. And I was just wondering like, how did you spur through that? Was it like making the decision to do it? Was it talking to like, I know you've mentioned that professor who's been really helpful or like, I was just wondering like what that looked like. I, so I did the marketing internship and I thought this is sick. Like, this is cool. This is what I want to do. I start September. I'm in this creative nonfiction class and Mm -hmm. I write a piece about what the F actually, that is ostensibly about what the F, but is actually, was actually about my fear of graduating in Mm -hmm. a different capacity. Um, And I'm struggling because I don't want to graduate but in my head it's like okay graduation is inevitable and in my head it's still like yeah you're still gonna do the marketing thing like that's still what you want to do and then I was in this medieval lit class with that professor um legend (laughs) (laughs) and I had to read this poem it was called Pearl um and it's about um okay the TLDR is that the poem is about this father whose daughter has died and he has a dream that he gets to see her again. And it's very like steeped in medieval theology. It's the daughter is so annoying when she talks, but Mm -hmm. um, my dad is dead. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a specific kind of grief that it's hard to describe when somebody has died before they're like quote unquote supposed to. Like he was like 47 and it was unexpected. And- the father's grief in this poem, which was written in uh, like the 14th century, mm-hmm. was exactly how my grief over my dad feels. And mm-hmm. it was like 600 years later. And I'm like, he is me and I am him. And it's this like he got the one thing that I would kill <laughs> that I would kill to do mm-hmm. is to be able to talk to my dad one more time. And he got that. And every, like his, his reactions were so human. And I knew that if I got that, I would feel that same way. Mm-hmm. And I was in class and I was trying to articulate this and I started crying in class. I would have started me too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, over this poem. Cause it, it just like, it, it felt so like real. Mm-hmm. And I went home and I had this moment of realization of like, how could I ever give the, this feeling up, this feeling of identifi- identification oh, across centuries? Literally, there is. Oh my god, we've never had a cry on the pod. Ooh, we have had a crier on the podcast. It's gonna be me, guys. <laughs> Our listens rack up. <laughs> <laughs> she cried. Hey, people love vulnerability. <laughs> um, but it was like, how could I give this up? And like, I enjoyed the internship I had over the summer. But I was also in this position where I was being forced to try to sell products that I fundamentally did not agree with. Like, mm-hmm. I did a bunch of shit for Audible. I would never in my life pay for Audible. 
I'm so sorry. Go Fair. to your if anybody's listening to this right now, <laughs> go to your local library. You can get audiobooks all the time. Oh, it's audiobook. Okay. Free. I couldn't remember what yeah. it was and I was no. like, oh, it's called nope. Audible. <laughs> yeah, well, I knew it was something related to um, Sandiana. <laughs> Um, but go to your local library. But I was like, why, why would I ever do that mm-hmm. over this other thing? Yeah. And then the more I thought about it, the, the, it was the first time in months that I had felt anything other than dread about graduating. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, I can graduate. It's going to be tough. And then I can, I can go back to this. Like, I mean, at the, at the time and right now it still does feel like grad school. Like that is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously again, I said this earlier, it might change. I might change my mind, but it was the first time that I felt anything other than dread. And so even though it was really difficult to give up this, like I knew what I was doing. I had a plan. Mm. I was going to graduate. I was going to apply. I was supposed to be applying for marketing jobs right now. I was going to reach out to my boss from over the summer. Like I had a bunch of connections on LinkedIn. Like I had a step-by-step plan of how I was going to get a job in marketing after I graduated. Mm-hmm. And I gave all of that up and that was so hard like at no point I I still feel like I should be doing that I should be applying to these jobs Mm -hmm, but the sense of relief that I felt when I realized I didn't have to do that was Mm -hmm. way too big for me to ignore and that's so telling (laughs) so telling I feel like that's that's growth though yeah (laughs) I mean like I that's actually one of the things I wrote about was like kind of like you were saying like like you kind of still feel like you have to do this sometime sometimes and I know in the writing you in your writing you specifically call it like the ghost like yeah. you know like that reminds kind of me like of anti-hero so much <laughs> it just no, in music video. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but um yeah but kind of like the idea of like you know you're you've kind of like made the decision at least for now and you know you're content with it and but there's always going to be like that voice you know whether whether it's like someone actually telling you or like whether it's just like the voices inside your head that's try to push you to go in and the asks, other like, direction what like yeah yeah like oh what if you just like did this and made like more money or like yeah. what if you did this like oh people would think that you're making a better decision you know because again again I relate mm-hmm. to that so much <laughs> I have family that has like I like talk to sometimes and they always ask me like and again I my situation by the way is not comparable to yours at all <laughs> I literally like switched out of CS like that's like literally nothing um but like Sometimes, like, I'll talk to people and they're like, that was, like, dumb. Like, why would you do that? Like, you're going to make, like, 10000 less dollars a year. Like, that's, it's just, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's, like, I'm doing what makes me happy. And you know what? This is my plan for now. And if I feel like things are going to change in the future, like, you know, I can just, like, deal with that on my own. Just, I yeah. think, like, the kind of straying away from, like, needing validation from those voices, whether they're physical or abstract, I feel like moving, being able to move on from that shows a lot of growth and I feel like you've demonstrated that in your piece really well. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. also love the, and I had a similar reaction to Ruhi's piece earlier because mm-hmm. she also wrote about kind of an alternate version of the self that she was trying to be, gave up yeah. on that. But I love how here you're taking like ghosts and mythology and you're like, again, flipping it on its head. So you have like the ghosts of the past or like reverberations of like your dad or that mm-hmm. story. And that is what is like becoming real. Why am I crying? <laughs> oh my God. I'm just thinking of like, that's Anyway, <laughs> it's really powerful. Um, and that's like what's carrying you forward. And you're like dispelling that other shit that's not real. Like those voices and things. That's not ghosts. That's just the present like yeah. work hustle grind culture. And like, yeah. So I think that's really cool. And I'm so glad that you grounded yourself in that. And I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That means a lot. Guys, this is such an inappropriate comment to make. But Girl, if you this better was, not. If this was a video <laughs> podcast, I'd literally take a picture of you right now and put that as the thumbnail. <laughs> no. Views. <laughs> Views. and you put like, like apology video like, on yeah. <laughs> is this a bad time to mention that i literally cried in the ugly last night reading your piece as well because i literally was like i was literally like oh like yeah. you know me like i was like hard it was like hard hitting because i was like i was like damn bitch like <laughs> like I, I mean i guess i like kind of like said my piece about why i relate but i don't know it's like weird because like i mean i I mean, I guess I've known you technically for like two years, but, mm-hmm. you know, only actually started to like talk to you this year, obviously, because, <laughs> you know, promotion. Um, <laughs> 10,000 like, more a year. For, like, <laughs> for this thing that none of us pay for. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like I, I feel like I, I look up to you, you know? So it's like, it's like cool to like read a piece by you and like feel like I relate to it. It's like, I don't know. I feel like I have like an older sisterly figure like saying like you. you know 
don't create this version of yourself. <laughs> like, yeah. even though like I actively am, but like, you know, it's helping me be more self-aware. And again, hearing it from your perspective, I guess, is like yeah. really, it like helps, mm-hmm. you know? I'm glad. <laughs> that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, it was also like this moment of realization that, because I, I have like i'm talking about getting going to like getting a phd like first mm-hmm. of all i'm about to make no fucking money <laughs> for the next at least six years of yo my life. everyone who gets a phd that's just like the reality though yeah, that's like, why i'm not doing a phd well amongst other reasons that i don't want a phd not yeah. being primary among them but if you want a phd then it's worth it yeah it's also like our grad student union is on strike right now like right there is if I'm thinking, if I'm trying to be as practical as possible, mm-hmm. this is not the decision that I should be making. Hey, I heard at Princeton theory. they get 50K a year. So just apparently I throwing that out there as a place maybe <laughs> to look at. Um, but it was also when I, I like because I, I talked to the when I decided, oh, maybe I do want to go to grad school. I talked to that professor I mentioned earlier. I went and spoke with an advisor. I talked mm-hmm. to uh, like a couple current grad students mm-hmm. and. I just That's great. Of, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like doing your research. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Um, it took my. It took me like a month to tell my mom, and I told my mom, and she was like, "Oh, like, it sounds like you've really done your research." And I was like, "Yeah, because I know how you would react mm-hmm. if I just came to you and was like, actually, I'm not going into marketing anymore. Think I'm going to grad school. Like, mm-hmm. you would not have been a fan of that. But if I come to you and be like, I talked to these." like different people about these things and I've come to these realizations. Anyway, the point of this was to say, I also came to the realization, like I'm the only person that has to live my life, you know? Like I'm the person who has to live with every single decision that I make for the rest of my life. Yeah. And man, that's like a spear through the heart. (laughs) (laughs) Like the decisions you make will always affect other people. But like in terms of harming other people right now, me deciding to go to grad school instead of going to marketing is... That's a you decision. It's a you yeah. de- I'm not harming anybody else. Right. You know, like, it's not like I'm fucking yeah. over like my mom or like my roommates. Like, right. Yeah. It's just me. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And if you're not content with like this, the work that you're doing or like the stuff you're learning or, you know, your contribution to the world, however you want that <laughs> to be. Like, if you're not satisfied with that, I mean, there's, there's no point in like, in, in working a marketing job also complete kudos to you for hitting this realization now and not doing the thing people do in their 30s when they quit their corporate job and start freelancing or podcasting (laughs) like seriously though like kudos to you (laughs) kudos to you for having that moment now because like it's so much better to do that than down the road (laughs) am i gonna get a text from you in like 20 years being like like, hey you want to hey i just got laid off um (laughs) you want a podcast again podcast resurgence (laughs) oh my god it's gonna be like what the 40s I opened I opened up my like Shapiro reservations canvas course (laughs) (laughs) that would be so funny no but yeah um I think yeah it's really good to have that now and like to start your career off knowing like hey I might change how I feel but I feel really passionate about that now like if Mm -hmm. you're going in with doubts or like really strong doubts that's not a good sign and so I feel like you're I mean yes at the end of the day financial whatever security blah 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 but overall you're I I'm gonna just say like you're protecting your job security in terms of like how you feel and your passion for that by going into something that you're really confident about and that you know you enjoy so yeah kudos to you for doing that now and not having <laughs> yeah. a midlife crisis <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I think I don't uh, like I don't think this got mentioned in the piece, but I mean, I've talked about my dad a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. but like, I think about him every day and I feel like that's, I, I bring him up sometimes and I'm mm-hmm. like, sorry, I keep bringing him up. And people are like, y- we never hear you talk about your dad. And I think it's one of those things because like, he's always like, I, um, I'm always thinking about him, you know, like mm-hmm. he's always in my head, but this, it, this related to the piece, the, mo- the mood I was in when I was writing it and like these life decisions that I'm making, like he died from a brain aneurysm when he was 47 so like unexpected it was a Wednesday whatever Mm -hmm. um and just for like the five years before he died he was constantly talking about getting a new job because he hated his job and like I'm from Michigan and he was an engineer he was in the auto industry and Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. you ever met a single person 
who works in the auto industry who likes their job? No. <laughs> I don't know no. many, but no. No. <laughs> Actually, I know some freelance guys that I went to high school with who just <laughs> repair cars, but that's very different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was just constantly talking about getting a new job because he had to commute like an hour there and an hour back every single day and he hated his job and all of this stuff. And then he died and that fucking sucks. And so it's every time I make one of these career decisions, like or any decision in terms of like where I'm going to college like who I'm living with what I'm doing this summer it's very much colored by the fact of like one of the closest people in my life died in the middle of the night with no warning and he never got to do any of these things that he's talking about and who's to say that's not going to be me you know Mm -hmm. and I think it's like really it's something that my mom doesn't understand which I Mm. think is funny because obviously like she was also very affected by this but it's hard to like to her and I think in general it's hard for me to explain that feeling to people because there isn't a part of me that is a little bit like full send like fuck it we ball like whatever we're all gonna die because like that did happen Mm -hmm. to me or to somebody that I know is very unhappy with their job right and also like someone asked me a little bit ago they were like well aren't you like closing all these doors by going to going to grad school I was like guys I can still go into marketing right like five years down the line you have the degree no one is stopping you I don't know I feel like one thing I mean and I hate the American education system (laughs) currently living it but you know I feel like if there's one thing I kind of like and appreciate about about our the way that our country is is that I feel like at whatever stage you are in life, if you decide that you want to change your career, you always can. Yeah. And you're and you're so open to doing it. You can you can switch fields. You know, you can go into your bachelor's doing one thing and do grad school 10 years later in another thing. I feel like yeah. the yeah. options are very endless. And like I know from like I know my parents, you know, went just through school in like India and it's like a lot more rigid, you mm-hmm. know, like not all places are like. I feel like not everyone has the same opportunity to do that as we have here. So I don't know. It's like, why, why even make those comments? <laughs> I hate it when people say shit like that. It's like, I don't know, like leave people alone. Like, I don't yeah. understand if someone is like happy with like the way that their life is going and like the plan they have set out for themselves. Like don't make comments about like, Oh, like these doors are going to close. Like you think oh, they have, you're going to make, that? Oh, you're going <laughs> to yeah. like, you're going to like, like not have money. Like just like leave it alone. I yeah. just feel like, people make educated decisions for themselves. And again, like you said, like you're the only person living your life. Yeah. It's just like, I, the number of freshmen, the absurd number of freshmen <laughs> who find out that I'm an English major oh and they're God. like, so what are you planning to do with that? Oh my I'm God. like, girlfriend, you just told me that you were like a double major in Spanish and poli side, <laughs> like no, like, and you're hey, they're gonna do immigration. Th- <laughs> like you're halfway through your first semester of college ever. Come to me in four years right. and let me know if you're doing the same thing. Right. I hate freshmen because Sorry. I like I'm not saying like they're gonna do what I did, but right, but like you th- don't know. English is my fourth major. Like <laughs> I redeclared so many times. Like. Fly. I think people also, it's just always freshmen. And I'm like, guys. It always is freshmen. Like, like, and this is why I just, I just like, I hate freshmen. And I know that's really counterintuitive because we talked to Ruhi um, just this morning and she was so lovely. And I'm sure she wouldn't say anything like that. But, um, only <laughs> but I like truly hate all freshmen. <laughs> Leave that in the, don't cut that out. No, it's okay. We can keep that in there. And the campus tours, like a tier lower. So yeah. Don't even. Dude, oh imagine people God. like trying to get recruited next year as freshmen and they're listening to this. Because <laughs> yeah. we have them listen to our stuff. We don't year. want you. We no, don't. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but do not apply to what the F. <laughs> as the middle person in this org to the freshmen in this organization that are listening to this right now, I love you guys. Oh, don't yeah, sorry. Yeah, we love you too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, though. Yeah, you and I are really very love this piece and all of the things that came into it. So, um, is there anything else that you want to? Do you have like, any? We've been asking people if they want to, if they want us to plug their socials or anything. <laughs> do you have any? 
Do you have any socials? Like, I don't Besides know. Besides what the F magazine What's Instagram? your Instagram? Like, LL Smiles. I don't know. It's actually, <laughs> wait, I just changed, well, I changed my username. That's so ago. creepy that I actually know that, like, you yeah, have, I feel like you have something LL Smiles. Okay, maybe that's why I know it, because I just yeah. don't see it all Well, you time. always get emails from me, so true. you, that's true. You, I'm not surprised you know my unique name. Uh, oh, my Instagram is Lindsay L Smiles. Yeah, so you guys should go follow Lindsay, and you should... <laughs> Um, you should leave the Shapiro Library by six o'clock, which they just said. <laughs> and you should come to launch on is it April seventeenth, right? April fifteenth. April fifteenth from seven, seven to nine. nine. Seven to nine at um the North Quad Building. You guys should come yeah. and meet us all and read Lindsay's super cool piece. And like I said today, you could. I've already met our first IRL fan, so you can be my second. <laughs> yeah, we'll sign your stuff. So oh, yeah, my piece is called "The Downfall of a Dream." I Thank you for telling I, us so that we know. They're like, I feel like it. we didn't announce the titles of the piece for anyone. Well, else. well, we, we have can our title names. it. We can put it in the description. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode and hearing what we have to say about all of the lovely writers and artists that are going to be featured in this edition. If you had any interest in any of the people who talked today and you want more, like we said, just come meet us at launch or like in the week of April 15th, you're, if you're on campus, you're going to see like a bunch of magazines, probably like Everywhere. all over the place. Or check out our website and you can find all of our old magazines there as a PDF online. True. So yeah. Carrot with the F. We stand for fresh, funny, fearless, feminist, fuck. What do you stand for? Go. Go. What I'm